Hi, Question of the Day listeners. This week, we're presenting segments from our Question of the Day live event, which was so much fun. Stephen, don't you think it was fun? It was fun. We held it at the Bell House in Brooklyn a few weeks ago. We'll be asking and answering questions like we always do, but this time we did it in front of a crowd, and we love the crowd. Love them. You'll hear our special guest comedian, special Nagin Farsad, ask us some questions that came in from our listeners, and then she puts us to the test in a lightning round, oh, which was, was a, a lot of fun. Round. A lot of fun. And you remember a while back, Stephen and I dared each other to try some stand-up comedy. I was scared to death, actually, right before <laughs> then. Were you scared? Like, you and I both were like, we were, I think, going to the bathroom quite a bit. I would say that we were in a state of heightened anticipation. Well, we did it, and it's going to be on the podcast. So without further ado, let's go to the Bell House in Brooklyn for episode one of three from our Question of the Day live event. <laughs> James, I do have a question. You pitch and you catch an alright. So, uh, (laughs) wrong use of words. I think you should just listen to yourself a little bit more in the mirror, maybe like practice. Um, Here's the question I have: You see all the time the news, this billionaire, that billionaire, and I always think, and they always are like working, like they're building. Now this billionaire is building a spaceship, or this billionaire is building like a time machine, or whatever. Why doesn't a billionaire ever say? Phew, that was hard work. Now I'm just going to rest like I always told myself. I'm going to just watch TV all day long. Like, why do they keep going and working, you know, 70 hours a week a lot, in right. a lot of cases? Now, so, some might oh, not. Sorry. See, this is why we never get some to the answer. Sorry. Yep, go ahead, please. Why do billionaires keep working after they make a billion? So, first of all, you do have an obsession with billionaires, and I'd like to talk about it, because you really do. Are you going to be like a therapist to me? I, I have can, a lot. I can be. There's a lot more to talk about than billionaires. With my therapist. You should sit in my session Friday morning. Uh, is it in my building? Is no, that, I it's a different fired shrink. that therapist. Oh, he was yeah. a... That's how kismity our lives are together. Seriously, his shrink was in my building where I live by yeah. total coincidence. Yeah, and now I'm divorced. Well... <laughs> so. I didn't say it was a good building. It's... Um, Anyhow, um, you care about wealth accumulation in a way that I respect and admire, but don't care about. One, I'll say, and I want to hear, but I want to hear about that because I care about you and I want to know what you care about. Two is, I will say, the obvious answer to me would be the kind of person who becomes a billionaire is not the kind of person who will just want to like do nothing. And three, I would say, is that we hear about the handful of billionaires like Bezos and blah, 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 the guys you mentioned who are doing this stuff. But for all you know, there are a bunch of billionaires sitting on couches watching TV. But I think answer number two would be something closest to the truth. The kind of person who's likely to do this or become this or whatever has a lot of characteristics that lead to something else. And it's easy to try to draw some causal relationship with it, but it could just be because that's the pool you're selecting from. So. I would ask you, you love to read about and learn about billionaires, and I'm just curious whether having made a whole bunch of money and then lost it, and then made it, and then lost it, now made it, because you're not lost so poor it, made anymore. It, lost it, made it, Where again. do you stand right now? What is your net worth, just for the record? Let's just... <laughs> Whatever they paid us to do this show right here All right. today. All right, so you are Three worth $140, right. <laughs> uh, no, but I am really, because we, sometimes we have this thing where we'll talk about questions about like people will write and want to know about how can I make my first 10 or 20 million. 
And I just, I'm not, I'm not, like, I like money. I like money as much as the next guy, maybe a little bit more than the next guy, but I'm not, um, I don't think about wealth accumulation like that. So tell me why you do and or why you got such a Jones for the billionaires. Well, I'll just tell you, I'll tell you one story first. So a friend of mine was having... Um, What's the friend's name? I will, I will not say because it reveals... I, that's uh, what I figured, but so, I wanted it. It's a lot of inside yeah. stuff. But a uh, friend of mine was having breakfast with a guy... Does it rhyme with Boren Muffet? No. A <laughs> <laughs> friend of mine was having breakfast with a guy, well-known guy who was worth a measly $2 billion. Wow. And he said to me afterwards... Was it, does it rhyme with Perk Pubin? No. Uh, he said to me afterwards... He said to me afterwards... The entire breakfast, this guy who was worth $2 billion kept saying, that kid Larry Page is worth $18 billion and I'm only worth $2 billion. You know, so he was just obsessed the entire time. So why does a guy, I'm just curious, look, so I think actually I would watch TV all day with $2 billion. So, you know. You wouldn't come to our podcast? I would, no, I, would, I would play backgammon. Maybe I'd stop the podcast. I don't know. That's a lot of thinking. It's stressful. It's it is, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to think too much at that point. Like, what's your, not, not like, everybody talks about, like, F- you money. What's your, like, not do podcast money? <laughs> like, what's your, what's your number? <laughs> what's your number? So, my, um, well, I guess based on the fact that we're getting about $140 for tonight, I'd say uh, 139 because I would pay a dollar to do this. But okay, no so more do, than a dollar. So you do what you love, basically. Uh, I, Which you, I, I agree you, with. I respect yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. No, so we, again, if you had a billion, what a would billion? you do? Yeah, a billion. You know, a lot of people have been asking about like what yeah, you do if you that? won the Powerball, you know, yeah. since the Powerball just happened. And like, I th- so I thought about that. If I won it, I think the first thing that I would do would be to change my name and move away so all my deadbeat friends and family didn't try to get my billion dollars. That is really... Is that cold? Okay. Is that cold to say? Okay, give it but a... Then, everybody who just clapped for that, like, that's really cynical. Like, you, like, you just hate them. But then the next couple things I would do if I came into that money suddenly is I would not touch any of it for a year. So I used to know a little bit about the people who, you know, there's, there's like this whole, you know, windfall finance slash psychology field where people consult for people who either win a lottery or come into a big inheritance, especially when they don't know it's coming. And it turns out that most people handle it incredibly poorly and mostly because their friends and family and themselves are pushing them to go into a decision within the first year that they come to later regret. So I would try to not touch it for a year. And then something that I would do, I don't think this is good advice for other people, I would take a big chunk, like a million dollars, and blow it in the most ridiculous way so that I could see how I felt about it. And like, if I didn't feel that bad, I would say, maybe I should just blow it all. But I'd like to think that I would feel bad about a million, because a million is still a million, even if you have a billion. And then I would really- A million is still a million. What would you do? A billion tomorrow. A billion tomorrow, I, I agree, I would never, I would actually probably never touch it just because I like exactly my lifestyle right now, which requires not as much money as that. And I, what, what can you possibly well, do? Isn't that like, a big waste let's of say, everything to not touch it? Let's say, wanna... let, what can you do with a billion? You, let's say you buy a plane for a hundred million. You can actually Is that what a plane costs? Does yeah, anyone here have a plane for less than a hundred million? Oh, I'm talking like a, a big 777. Right. You know, I'm, I live large. So, <laughs> but know. not a billion large. <laughs> 
Not a billion. So you could buy a 777 instead of buying it for 150 million, you could lease it for like 10 million. Smart thinking. So yeah. I would start. Uh, why thinking, didn't I do that? So you actually suddenly just save yourselves like 150 million. So what do you need? Like a big house? I've seen your place, a nice place. Not that need, big. You Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you don't I've need. I've seen your house. You just don't need, need like big. no, you don't need like you know whatever. A like, sink. <laughs> I think I've seen at least four sinks in your apartment, so I'm not that well, worried about Well, there's a dog sink. After this one message, we'll be right back. I'm really excited about today's sponsor, Fracture, the company that prints your photos in vivid color directly on glass. I am definitely going to be using this service to send gifts to people. You simply upload your photo to their website, place your order, and in a few days, you'll receive your fracture that's ready to mount right out of the environmentally friendly package. All you have to do is stick the screw in the wall and hang it. They even throw in a screw. It's really affordable with prices starting at $15. I'm sure all of you have already bought fractures for your loved ones on Valentine's Day, but if you messed up and didn't, we still have a special offer code for you to make it right. The website is fractureme.com. And here's the important part the code question will give you 10% off your first order question use that code at fractureme.com so james i have a this is kind of a money question but not real it's not really about money but i like this question a lot um someone sent it to us his name is brendan he lives in markham ontario has anybody ever heard of markham really come on <laughs> how have you heard of markham you grew up there you, come here. <laughs> you two grew up in Markham, Ontario? Oh, it's part of Toronto? Oh, that, I thought I envisioned it being more um, bucolic than that, Markham. All right, Brendan from Markham has a question. He says, apart from money, what are some of the best ways to motivate and engage employees, especially when their salary is low? I think that's an important question because for a lot of, I mean, obvious reasons, I guess. You want people to be happy. You want them to be productive. You want to pay them as much as you can if you're an employer, but you can't always pay them as much as they want. So what are some thoughts, ideas? So it's a great question. Just by definition, you're always paying an employee less money than the value they're bringing you. And that's why, you, oh, that, that's yeah, why you yeah. have a profitable business is because the spread between the, in many cases, the spread well, between the, the money you, you the pay. Mean, the mean employee, at least. Maybe not all. Usually all. For me, all. So don't, don't work for me. You don't um, overpay anybody. So, okay, I'll, 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 employees are really a drag in general in a business. And I'll tell when you, you... When you like to work for James... Uh, I'll tell you why. There's two things about employees. First off, they start having sex with each other. They start like mating. And then it's like nonstop problems after that. Like you can't get any of them to be fully, like if two of them are mating with each other, like in the wild, one of them is gonna be less productive than the other. Because the other one's gonna which, be crying. Which one is less productive? So oh, the one that's not The crying. one that's not crying is more productive. Okay. So then here's the other problem with employees. If you want to know how employees feel about you, if you're like the manager or the boss, you just go into the stairwell and how many cigarette butts are in the stairwell that you count those. The more cigarette butts in the stairwell, the more they hate you. So what I try to do is, which is not necessarily the best management style, but I want to make sure every employee makes a phone call that night and they call their mom and say, boy, mom, I just had the best day at work. This is what I did. So I try to really make it a focus 
that this is how to motivate them, is I'm always thinking, I want them to call their mother at the end of the day. Now, my mom doesn't speak to me because I've been a bad employee all my life, but I want, I want them to call their mother and say, I, this is what I did today, and it was so great. Now, the reason that's not such a Wait, bad... Wait, I don't understand. You, you want to you wanna wanna give them, them to... a project that oh. they call their mom I thought mom you were just saying say, you were paying them to call their mom and pretend that they had a good day no, at work because, while they're smoking because cigarettes money, and having sex in the hallway. Because you know what? Because you know what? Even if you give them the ra a raise... Some, I didn't cry today, Mom. Even if you give them a raise, sometimes they hate you more when you give them a raise. Well, can I tell you something because about that? Because money becomes part of the equation of how they're working for you. So, you know, there is this realm that they sometimes call workforce science, which is like measuring, you know, employees and productivity and uh -huh. happiness and so on. Were you giving me the blah, 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 blah? <laughs> Some statistics <laughs> things. Yeah, can I say a number? Is it okay to name a number? Freak? Would you rather not name a no, number? No, 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 tell me. I'll, I won't name a number. All right, I won't name a number, but I will say this. If you try to figure out all the things, all the factors in a job that make an employee happy and productive and likely to stay in that job for a long time, right? So you've got like salary, you've got commuting time, you've got office, you know, comfort, ability, comfort, comfort, and amenities and things like that. It turns out that the single biggest determinant of how basically happy an employee is, is whether or not the boss is a jerk or the immediate coworkers. So really, I would argue that along those lines, the best thing you can do to make employees relatively happy and productive and so on is to remove, is just to get rid of the jerks as much as you can. More than salary. So it turns out that well, salary makes people happy, but it diminishes its I, I agree with that. Like, so as soon as, if you, have, if you have a, so in my first company, we made websites for entertainment companies. So we had about, 50 employees, but then we merged a couple times, ultimately grew to about 1,000 employees. And so the key was, is removing money from the equation, but if somebody was starting to talk badly about you, that's what I always called the disease. The disease never goes away and it's only contagious, and you kind of have to eliminate immediately. You have a lot of catchphrases. I like that about you. <laughs> Catchphrase? The disease. Sorry, so, the disease is in your organization. You have to eliminate it so people could enjoy work more. How do you do so that? You fire them. Give a, oh, oh. <laughs> so I'll give you one example, and I don't know whether this was the right decision or not. So a group of people worked really hard for a whole, we were pitching um, the post office to do their website. And a bunch of people worked all weekend. It's like when I say a bunch of people, like six or seven people worked all weekend to put together this beautiful proposal. And one guy was in charge of getting it to the post office he FedExed the proposal to the post nice. office. Nice, I love that. So everybody worked for the so whole right weekend. So right there, what you gotta do is you got fire everybody, but no. take that story and go to FedEx and say, this is why we need your business. So yeah, we had to fire him because everybody was really upset and you know was starting to say bad things throughout the organization. Even though, okay, it's an honest mistake, but you couldn't really keep him in the organization. Right. But again, Along the lines with what you said about it's not necessarily the coworkers. You just want to make sure they're feeling fulfilled in the jobs they're working on. Well, let me ask you this. Forget about like the punishment and getting rid of the bad people important. What about... I like to talk about punishment. Well, I know you do. What, what, about, um, what about rewards? How do you feel about rewards, incentives, whether right. it's bonuses or whatever? So when you're in every business, there are some jobs that are not so fun to work on and some jobs that are fun to work on. So you always want to make sure you think about what the mix is for each employee. So if someone's working on, let's say, in my old case, conedison.com, you also give them the website for The Matrix. So one's fun, conedison.com, The Matrix was brutal. And, uh, <laughs> 
ConEdison.com was all about Y2K, which was really exciting because all of the Con Edison people were telling us we're out of town New on New Year's <laughs> Eve. So that was an interesting one. But you make sure they have the right mix so that they're willing to stay the weekends working on the um, less fun sites when they know that they're working on during the week or whatever on the fun, exciting right, sites that they can right. tell their parents about. Oh, I just worked on, you know, Miramax.com what or about, whatever. What about bonuses, gifts, you know, rewards? All, Are they all monetary or? stuff. I mean, you have to give all bonus monetary? With, with industry, yeah. but all extra monetary stuff they actually resent in many oh. cases. Mm. Have I ever told you the um, giving yes. the turkey story? No. You want me to tell you giving the turkey story? Should I tell? Should, uh, should he tell us the giving the turkey? Who doesn't story? want to hear a good giving a turkey story? Yes. So there was this company in it's the giving the turkey story. It's the giving the turkey story. The Is it a, G it's a story G turkey? It, it, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a beautiful holiday story. So uh, there was a company I want to say in Brockton, Mass, maybe, um, but I'm not sure. And they were a manufacturing company, and they tried to, you know, they were always trying to find ways to incentivize their employees, not kind of in the moment, but just to make them like the company overall and to stay, to stay at the company. So one year they decided, like three weeks before um, Christmas, they decided that they were going to just surprise everybody and pull up a tractor trailer in the parking lot of the plant at, uh, uh, full of frozen turkeys and just announce it over the loudspeaker, hey, everybody come out. Here's an unannounced free bonus gift um, for the holidays, and it was a big frozen turkey. And everybody was like, they loved it because it was so unexpected, and it was really nice, and it's a turkey, and everybody loves turkey in so many different ways. And so they, they, they okay. loved it. Hang on, I'm not done. All right, all right, you can all interrupt. All right. You can interrupt. Okay, you say everybody loves turkey. I knew you were going there. Oh. I know. Other than Thanksgiving, right. what other day of... It's such a scam. Right. What... <laughs> what, other what other day of the year do you eat a turkey? Like, you go to a restaurant, you never see on the menu, oh, turkey, parmesan, or whatever. You see, like, you see, like, meatballs, hamburgers, steaks, chicken, fish. Have you ever seen turkey on the menu of a restaurant? Like, turkey actually sucks as a food. We're going to be here a while. He's got a, um... It's a strong anti-turkey position he's at. Are, you're right. I, the minute I said everybody loves turkey, I knew this is going to take a while. All right, I'm... I'm sorry. But I'm I respect, sorry. I, you're, and I don't disagree. No, I'm All sorry. Right. I really apologize. All right. They gave everybody a turkey. People were happy. Okay? I'm not going to say because they love turkey. People were happy because they had a turkey. Is that okay? Next year, the next year comes up, same thing. They drive up the tractor trailer. They open the door and say, hey, everybody, here's your holiday turkey. And everybody goes out and they say, oh, all right, the turkey. The third year, they drive it up and everybody's like, I do not want that turkey. <laughs> and so that was a story that illustrates the diminishing returns of being nice to your employees. Coming up, we'll tell you a little bit about our next question of the day after this. Thanks again to our sponsor, Fracture, a company that's changing the photo market by printing your digital photographs directly on glass. Believe me, it's worth it. It looks strikingly different. Every Fracture is made by hand in Gainesville, Florida, checked by an actual human being, not one of these little robot things, for quality assurance, and delivered with a solid backing rated amount onto the wall right out of their eco-friendly packaging. With prices starting at $15, it's totally affordable and makes for a fantastic gift. The website is FractureMe.com, and here's the important part. The code QUESTION will give you 10% off your first order. QUESTION. 
Use that code at FractureMe.com. Big thanks to Fracture for supporting this podcast. Tomorrow, we'll be continuing our live show from the Bell House in Brooklyn, which will sound a little something like this. The question is, what are the best ways to make friends as an adult moving to a new city where you don't know anyone? I like that question. Uh, I have a feeling that you could answer it really well, because you've moved around a bit, and you're very so friendly. have you? I mean... Yeah, I'm just stalling. <laughs> All right. I would, I'll tell my you. first thing would be... I, I have an idea.